are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, downmyportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. At creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, on today's show, we got Lena Washington of 12 News on. We'll be talking to her about her background, her come up in the industry, what it's like to break into sports as a black woman, especially. So, this is a great podcast for anyone who might have been scared or hesitant to. Take the plunge into the sports world for whatever reasons that is. This is a great podcast for you. I've done it. Lena's done it. We're both people of color, so we know what we're talking about. So great podcast for you if you're trying to get into the sports world and you feel like there are disadvantages going against you. Hopefully, this is the podcast to get you motivated. But before we talk to Lena, I want to talk to you guys about Spotify Greenroom because this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D-backs who win on Sunday. Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk about sports. Now, let's jump right into that convo. All right, on the pod for the very first time, we got Lena Washington, 12 News sports anchor, reporter. She's doing it all, covering the Suns NBA Finals right now and doing this pod from her car. So, <laughs> Lena, we appreciate you hopping on today. We know we've been trying to work out a, a little spot for you in the last couple of weeks, and I appreciate you uh, getting some time, honestly, because I know you got a pretty packed schedule right now. Man, I... Gotta say, I've been back home. This is my home, but uh, I've been back in the Valley for almost two weeks now, but it has been nonstop. So uh, the schedule changes every day, but that's the nature of the business. And I love it. And it's a good time to be back in the Valley. Yeah, you definitely came back at the right time. I mean, with the suns and everything, but coming back to Arizona during the summer, everyone wants to talk about the weather. I mean, how has that adjustment been for you? Listen, I'm used to this, but, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, it's hot in Sacramento. I came from our sister station in Sacramento, the ABC affiliate, um, and I worked in Bakersfield at the NBC affiliate there. So it gets pretty toasty in those markets, but uh, it's still miserable. Like, it's still just as miserable. It's still just as hot. You just learn to hydrate and keep a swimsuit and a towel and all the uh, necessities to make sure you're at least cool, hydrated, um, and look good on camera when you're working in this hot market that is Phoenix and in more ways than one. I mean, you got people moving here, you got the Suns that are making it to the NBA finals. And it's just a, a wonderful time to be back in what I feel like is one of the better sports markets in the country. Oh, yeah. Phoenix, I think, is definitely up there just because you got, I mean, basketball, football, baseball, hockey. You got all the main teams. You, you got, got it all. 
got it all. You got Phoenix rising too. So you got a little bit of taste of all the sports here. And I don't want to turn this into a weather podcast, but where do you stand on the dry heat versus humidity debate? I'm dry heat a hundred percent. I've spent plenty of time in South Florida, in Orlando. I have family in Jacksonville. I've been to Florida. I know what that feels like. And I will take the dry heat any day of the week. Uh, it just feels too swampy, too much like you just got out of the shower. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy those uh, cities, but I will take the dry heat 100% over the uh, humidity. What about you? Yeah, I grew up on the East Coast in Jersey, so I'll probably go with the humidity. And it's not really because I prefer the humidity heat versus the dry heat. It's really because of my skin. The dry heat out Ugh. here, I'm I, I like developed eczema being out here. Like I have to use special See, Yeah. I've heard I've heard various different kind of takes on that. I know people have moved from west to east and their skin has gotten worse. I know people who go from east to west and their skin gets better. So I guess it's kind of, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, that humidity on the East Coast, it just makes me so glossy. Like I just came out the shower, I'd be shining and everything. So uh, it's not a fun time, but at least I'll be shining and my skin will be glistening at the same time. But this is not a podcast to talk about the weather or my skin. We're here to talk about you, Lena, the newest addition to 12 News. And so it sounds like you grew up in Arizona. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. I am a Corona del Sol high school graduate. Go Aztecs. I am a Arizona State University, Sun Devil, Go Devils, went to the Cronkite School. Uh, my fun fact uh, is that I actually went into ASU as a dance major uh, because dance is all I knew pretty much growing up. I was a competitive tap dancer, ballet, did hip hop, tumbling, all that fun stuff. Uh, and then I just decided, you know what? I like telling stories. I like performing. I was a total like theater kid, choir uh, all of that fun stuff in high school. So I just kind of figured out a way to meld all of those skills, memorization, uh, you know, performing in front of an audience and storytelling all in the Cronkite school is one of the best in the country, if not the best, uh, at least on the West coast, I have plenty of Syracuse and Mizzou friends and they'll talk their talk, but I got to say ASU prepared me for real life in the industry. Uh, I learned to cut on tape. That's how old I am. But we also were one of the first programs to work on SD cards. So they really gave us a real look at what the day-to-day -day would be in a local newsroom. And I'm so grateful for all my professors uh, preparing us for all of that. And uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind career and I'm just happy to be back home. It's kind of come full circle. I'm a lifelong Suns fan and I'm just glad to be back home in the Valley at my own stomping grounds. And it's been an easy transition since I know these streets. I've made the drive down I-10 West and I've seen the beautiful skyline of downtown Phoenix and Mill Avenue change over the years. And it's been super exciting to watch. And I'm just happy to be back to tell the stories uh, of people I know here in the community and my hometown teams. Yeah. What was Mill like uh, when you were at ASU? Was it still as wild? Man, as I don't want to date myself, but Robbie Foxes, if any of the listeners know <laughs> Robbie Foxes, public house, please get at me because I don't know what it is anymore. It no longer exists. Uh, I went to the piano bar, which is now low key. It was not <laughs> called that when I was in college. 
Um, but I'm glad to see Zuma and Q Club are are still alive and thriving. But uh, I was at ASU during the James Harden era, mm. um, during the Brock Osweiler era. We went to exactly one bowl game, and we got the big ba- the brakes beat off us by Boise State in the uh, Mako Las Vegas Bowl. Um, but you know what? I had the time of my life and. I wouldn't trade my ASU experience for anything because it, again, propelled me to this position in my career in sports journalism. And uh, for that, I am forever grateful. Well, it looks like ASU football was on the come up, but now there, there's a lot of allegations and things <laughs> going on. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, we're just going to move on past, past that conversation. But I will say I had a chance to check out their new facilities, which uh, were not in existence when I was in college. Um, and they are boss. I mean, they've, they've got it going on there at the ASU, uh, the new facilities there over at Sun Devil Stadium. It, it, the, the Tillman statue is a new addition. Uh, the Tillman Tunnel, all of that is just wonderful character and homage to the legends that have come through Tempe. Lena and I will continue our conversation, but first, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Diamondbacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on Dimebacks podcast through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week as I'll be going live after the D-backs win on Sunday. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me, at Miller Thomas, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this weekend after the D-backs win. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the D-backs. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the convo. Yeah, I've worked for ASU football and women's basketball, so I've been around all those facilities. And man, those athletes—I mean, I, professional teams—when they come in, they use their—they use our facilities because they're some of the best. Shout in the out country. to Weather Up Center. Yep. Yeah, Weather Up, like they—they they do it right for these athletes. But it sounds like you were in a lot of sports growing up, mostly dance. Was sports something that you were more pursuing? Or was it something that your parents put you in? Because like me personally, my mom was just trying to put me in everything as a kid. Just trying to see what I liked as a kid, just trying to get me active and out the house, really. So was dance and all those other sports something that you really want to pursue? Or was it more of your parents just trying to get you out the house? Oh, I, I feel like I was the one kind of driving the bus on everything. Like I was the one who wanted to go try out for this play or be in the choir and try out for 
show choir and be in student council. And uh, I was so excited to get my driver's license so I could take myself to all of the practices and things that I, I had going on uh, as, a, as a teenager. Um, but growing up, you know, my dad tried to get me into soccer, basketball. He taught me how to shoot a layup, uh, all that stuff. He taught me 4-3 defense and all that you know, he, uh, he really instilled the passion of sports within me because he was again, a, a football player championship, national championship football player for Notre Dame. Uh, he was a record setting, uh, track star at his high school in a small town in Ohio. Um, but I don't think he expected me to pursue the sports journalism, uh, career path, but, uh, I always was athletic growing up. I just was never really able to commit to organized sports because I loved dance so much. I loved being able to express myself through music and choreography and, and you know, it was still a competition and still required a lot of practice and uh, a lot of money, <laughs> just <laughs> like any other sport or travel team. Um, but I think that that kind of developed my competitive spirit and my, uh, eye for detail and my ability to be a team player. Um, and so, you know, I know a lot of young girls who are competitive dancers who have grown to be scientists, biologists, audiologists, all of these wonderful things. And here I am just reading scores off the of, <laughs> television screen but uh you know it's it's been a really fun career path and I'm just glad that you know all my years watching ASU football from the sidelines and ASU basketball from the sidelines in college really kind of developed my passion and my um enthusiasm for being in this environment and telling these stories and knowing these players and and coaches and everything that they've overcome to get to these moments and how special it is you know i i know people who don't really get sports they're not sports fans they look at these guys and they say oh you know let's cry for this millionaire yada 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 but these are these are people just like you and me you know they just have a, a talent that they've nurtured and conditioned over the years and they all have stories that are worthy of telling and experiences that are worth sharing and that people can learn from and so being able to kind of be a catalyst and a vehicle for all of that um, was really developed in college uh, on my own you know volition really uh, my parents just kind of supported me through every choice I made and every path I took. And I'm really grateful to have parents who didn't really pressure me to do a specific thing, but really uh, nurtured and supported every choice that I made in terms of my hobbies, interests, and career choices. So why did you give up dance then? Because it sounded like it was a pretty big part of your life if you're going out for plays and doing different theaters and things like that. Well, you know, I just figured... Uh, you know, it's kind of tough. I, you know, I know a lot of people who have succeeded in the dance world, uh, who have toured with Nicki Minaj or Justin Timberlake or performed on the biggest stages. And that's wonderful. But for me, I just felt more fulfilled in, and more, I don't know that my purpose was in kind of storytelling and being more of a leader um, in my community, uh, I felt really drawn to that over the years in the business. And, um, you know, that was really nurtured in Bakersfield and Sacramento. And I've, I'm still really passionate about dance. I still take like adult classes. I'll still hop in on some, uh, you know, 
guest choreographer, uh, you know, classes locally. And um, I'm still super supportive of all the dance teams and things like that. But uh, it's still a passion of mine, but it's just not a career uh, opportunity or focus for me. After, after I turned about 19, I was like, maybe I won't be a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake. Maybe that won't happen for me. So I got to figure out a plan B. And you know what? I've still gotten to see Justin Timberlake in person uh, covering the uh, American Century Championship Tournament in Tahoe, which is happening this weekend, actually. There you go. Because, hey, I have a similar story. You know, I thought I was going to be an NBA player. I want to be the next Kobe Bryant. But when you're 5'10 and a half and you could barely get off the ground, uh, you probably don't have a future in the NBA. So I had to switch it up. That's when I decided to go to Cronkite, pursue sports journalism. And now I'm here on a mic uh, talking with you for the podcast. So things come full circle. No one really knows their path in life. Just follow your passions and follow your dreams. But what, where did you go first? Was it Bakersfield that you went first after Cronkite? Like, how did you, what was it like getting into the sports industry? Because I know for a lot of people graduating college, graduating Cronkite, sometimes they have to wait months, a year. And some people, before they even graduate, have a job. So what was your experience like coming out? Lena and I will wrap up the conversation. But first, did you know Bilt Bar has a new flavor right now, only available July 6th to the 9th? That is Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. That's not the only flavor they have either. They got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, there is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm pounding away at the gym, but I have a sweet tooth and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar. It's low in calorie, low in sugar, but it's high in protein and it's high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 at 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, that's a, a very interesting that you asked because I actually had to wait about eight months before I got my first job at a Cronkite. And I was, you know, in a class with some very successful, very talented individuals who, you know, when we're walking during commencement, they're announcing their jobs and they've got great positions in these wonderful markets. And I'm still looking almost a year later after that. So, um, you know, I, I, I did have a different path than a lot of my colleagues, but I feel like that's made me understand, uh, you know, the struggle and the industry a little bit better, uh, a little bit better. Um, and everything happens for a reason and timing is really everything in this industry. Um, so, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've had to land in Bakersfield at the time that I did. Um, I was able to, I was hired as the weekend sports anchor, weekday news reporter. Um, and then about a year later, the sports director at the time went on to go take his dream job back home in Colorado. So 
I was able to be promoted to sports director in Bakersfield. And I was, to my understanding, at least the first woman to hold that position in the market, definitely the first black woman, um, because I, I, and if anyone again is listening to the pod and you are a historian of the Phoenix market, uh, Bruce Cooper, formerly of 12 news, uh, just retired about a year ago. He's been my mentor since I was pretty much in college. Um, when I was in Bakersfield, he was coaching me up and I was sending him my tape and asking him for advice and tips on how to get to where he is and how he got here in, in this market for so long. Um, but between him and my parents and anyone else I've mentioned this to, to my understanding, I'm the first black woman to be in a sports position in Phoenix, mm. uh, to be on a local news station as a black woman talking about sports. I'm not the news anchor, just reading a sports read. I'm actually the sports anchor reporter. I'm a black woman in Phoenix. I can't say that I ever saw anyone doing that here when I was growing up from in arena hosts to, uh, on TV. Um, you know, I, I'm probably the first to do it here in this market. So I was the first to do it in Bakersfield. Uh, I may or may not have been the first to do it in Sacramento. Um, but I know there have been women, several women I was lucky to work with in Sacramento. Um, and it did take me another eight months after I left Bakersfield, my contract was up and I decided to take a chance on myself. And, uh, you know, I knew I had the talent, I knew I had the chops, but I guess the timing just wasn't right for me. So I had to wait a little bit. I came home, I got to reconnect with myself and my family. And then I got a shot in Sacramento. And from there, I had great opportunities presented to me from covering the NBA finals to covering the Super Bowl in Miami to being nominated for an Emmy for something that was not related to sports at all, but more related to race, um, following the officer involved shooting death of Stephon Clark. Um, so again, that news background that I had in Bakersfield in covering officer involved shootings and standoffs and breaking news and fires, wildfires, all of that stuff kind of, uh, paid dividends in the end to make me more valuable and versatile in the newsroom, um, to cover, Again, any kind of breaking news. I mean, I I will never forget having to rush into the newsroom the day that Kobe Bryant and Gianna and seven others died. And I was on my way to the Super Bowl literally in 45, 45 minutes. And, you know, I had to write something for our news anchor to read. I had to switch off to go on to a plane and cover this uh, team, the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. So, um, all of the experiences that I've had, I've had gaps in between jobs. And I know that a lot of people fear that, but I, again, am here to tell you that, yeah, it was difficult. It was challenging. You doubt yourself a lot in that time, but I am a walking testimony to the stick-to-itiveness and the timing of it all, because to be here back home, um, the, the station that I've always dreamed of working at, where my mentor worked. Um, I'm going to be sharing a desk with D Bruce Cooper for the NBA Finals, which I don't think has happened again in this market with a black woman and a black man, both talking sports on a local news station. They're not just freelancers or, 
you know, special guests. They are actually people who are employed by this station, um, I think is really special. And uh, it wasn't an easy road for me. It was very difficult. Some Cronkite kids that I graduated with had a very uh, lucky, fortunate path uh, in, the, in, the, in the industry. But, you know, some of the people I also graduated from Cronkite with aren't in the industry anymore. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's not as glamorous as people like to think it is, you know, <laughs> you got to pay your dues and you got to start small and you got to do a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of work, but I have put in the work and I have cut my teeth and I have paid my dues. And here I am in my hometown covering, uh, the NBA finals, a championship run, uh, and we have championship teams in this town. We have every major sport, as you mentioned, and this is a destination for golf, for the Super Bowl, for the NCAA. So this is, I feel like, again, like the mecca almost of sports when it comes to destinations. It's here in Florida and Texas, I think. <laughs> when you think about where people go, want to go, enjoy a sporting event for a week or something, I feel like Phoenix is top five in the country. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Scout sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll be continuing our conversation with Lena, talking more about the NBA Finals and what it's like covering that. And as always, stay safe. Stay healthy. Deuces!